Well, good morning, White Oak, and uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I think it happens to all of us that sooner or later we find ourselves saying or doing something that reminds us of our mom. And so uh, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, moms uh, instill in us a lot of great things, so today we celebrate you. Um, today's message isn't specifically for moms, but I think it is a kind of a, a mom topic as we talk about uh, just being parents and, uh, and grandparents and aunts and uncles. Really, the idea is directing children. How do we raise up good kids? And uh, and we're going to talk about how we can play a role in the development of our child or, or a child that's in our lives' faith. Today, we're in week three of our series, Home Improvement, and in week one, we talked about um, choosing to follow, that, that today I will choose to follow Jesus, and I will choose not only for myself, but I will choose for my entire home. I'm going to say that today, we're going to follow Jesus. And, and so as we kind of think about that idea, we talked about just building this strong foundation of what our house, what our home, what our family would be built on. Last week, Rick talked about this idea of relationships, and specifically in a marriage relationship, we talked about the idea of mutual submission. The big question that mutual submission asks is, how can I help? And in your relationship, if you're willing to just ask that question, come into a situation and say, hey, how can I help? Today we talk about this idea of directing children. And I know that some of you may think to yourselves, well, well, I don't have kids, or my kids are grown and out of the house, or I don't like my kids, whatever the case may be. Uh, but, uh, but as we talk about this, we want you to understand this is a really a message for everyone. Because we believe that every single one of us, no matter where we are in life, that there is a child that is in our life that we have an opportunity to influence. And it's that kind of influence, it's that kind of relationship, whether you're an older brother or a, or a sister, or whether you're an aunt or an uncle, whether you're a grandparent, or whether you're a parent, whether you're just a friend of someone who has a kid, we all have an opportunity to influence your child. We all have an opportunity to help direct a child. Um, as you're getting to know me, my name's Kevin, and, uh, and I'm the campus pastor here at uh, Coleraine. And uh, so my wife and I are pretty new here, but, but we've got four kids at home. And so I can remember way back when my oldest daughter, Mackenzie, was about four, we signed her up for soccer. Anybody ever remember signing your kid up for the very first time for a sport? Have we had that happen uh, before? Well, I had this kind of thought in my mind. Uh, this is kind of how I envisioned it. I, I really thought that, you know, uh, I was really excited. You sign them up for soccer, you take them, you drop them off at practice, and then at practice, these amazing things happen, and your child becomes this great athlete. You know, I, I envisioned Mackenzie becoming the next Mia Hamm, and, and all I had to do was drop her off. You come to find out that one hour of practice a week does not make your daughter into an Olympic soccer player, all right? Um, and, and as you just grow and, and you're involved in sports longer and longer, you realize that that's really not the way that it works. You know who's really good at sports? It's kids who practice outside of practice. It's kids who do things at home and not just at practice. Uh, when we drop a kid off at practice and that's all they get, there's a ceiling to how good they're going to be. People who are really good practice every day. They do things every day. They work on dribbling and taking hundreds of shots and they work on all these different things that are going to make them better. And they do it at home. 
My son Jack plays basketball, and this past winter he moved up to a 10-foot goal. He's in the third grade. And uh, Jack's not one of the tallest kids on his team, and for him, that transition from 9 feet to 10 feet was a real big deal. And so at the very beginning of the season, as we were kind of getting in some work and, and, and in practice, I noticed that he was struggling just to get the ball up to the rim. And so we made a decision that we were going to start showing up to practice an hour early every time, and that Jack was going to put in 100 shots every day before practice. Slowly but surely, Jack got better. And uh, as we would go from just showing up early to practice, we started showing up on off days, and we would go up on weekends, and Jack would just continue to shoot. And you know what happened? Jack got better. And by the end of the season, what was before a really tough shot became a really easy shot. And at a distance like a free throw where he would barely be able to get the ball to the rim, he could now shoot with ease because he was willing to put in the work at home. He was doing things outside of just being dropped off. And as a parent, I made the conscious decision to invest in my child. I tell you this because as parents, we want our kids to do well. We want them to succeed. And because you're here at church, I'm just going to go out on a limb and think that you want your child to love and follow Jesus. And if you want that, there's things that we have to do to make that happen. The problem is, is that most of us have a drop-off mentality. You know what that means? It means that that we bring our kid to church and we drop them off for one hour a week. And we think that that one hour is going to change their life. That that one hour a week is going to somehow revolutionize your child's spiritual development. The truth is that if that's it, one hour a week that you drop your kid off to church, it's not going to work. It doesn't work in sports and it's not going to work in their faith. Here's some information for you. Do you know that on average, the church has about 40 hours a year to impact the life of your child? 40 hours. As a parent, you have 3,000 hours a, a year to impact the life of your child. Let that sink in for a second. Just think about that. A church has about 40 hours a year to invest in your child. Now, you may not be the average family, and and maybe you're an overachiever. So what's your number? Maybe you bring your kid here every single week. You don't miss a Sunday. That's 52 hours if they come to one hour of service. And you bring them to all the extra stuff. So what's your number? 100? 200 hours that your kid's in church? Still pales in comparison to the 3,000 hours that you have as a parent have an opportunity to speak into the life of your child. Church is limited. 40, 80 hours a year that we can invest in a child. As a parent, you have 3,000 hours of potential influence for your kid. And it's time as parents that we begin to make those hours count. I want to take a look at a message that Moses had for God's people a very long time ago. It's found in the book of Deuteronomy. And so if you've got a Bible or an app and you want to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're going to take a look at this prayer, really, that Moses had for his people. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. We're going to take a look at it on the screen, or you can follow along in your Bible or on the app if you want to. It says this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Moses points out some really specific things, some really clear instructions that he has for the people of Israel. He says, first and foremost, I want you to love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all of your soul. And he says, this message of loving God, he said, I want you to impress that upon your children. He said, I want you to talk about it when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. He says, I want this to be something that you're doing all the time. The uh, ancient Jewish people would have known this prayer as the Shema. Shema simply means hear or listen. And so they would call this prayer the Shema Israel or the hear Israel. And, And they would use it as a way of greeting. Uh, They would say it as they passed each other on the road. Uh, They would recite it as they walked with their children. They would say it when their kids got up in the morning and they would pray it over their kids as they went to bed at night. It was something that they did all the time. They understood, and Moses was trying to influence the Israelite people, that they were responsible for influencing their children. And they got that, right? They understood that these people would have been fully invested in the idea of raising up their kids to know who God was. Moses' instructions for the people of Israel was to influence their children's lives. Let me, let me share this with you. You are the primary influence in your child's life. I know that we want to think that it's somebody else and, and sometimes you think, man, my kid doesn't want to hear from me. They don't want to listen to me. There's so many other influence out there. But research will show, all the data is out there, that all the kids that have been polled, the number one influence that a kid has in their life is their parent. And so the question is, is what are you doing with that influence? Here at White Oak, we want to be a resource for families. And we believe that when families and the church work alongside each other, we are our most productive. And so there's some truths that will help illustrate this. We, we find this to be so important. Rick shared with us a couple weeks ago this idea of the 414 window. That is that most kids come to know Jesus. They make a decision about Jesus between the ages of 4 and 14. And so this time in a kid's life is so critical. And here's some things that you need to know about this. Nothing is more important than someone's relationship with God. It's such a strong foundation that we at White Oak have, but it's really biblically based. There's nothing that's more important than a person's spiritual relationship with God. Here's the truth, and this is something that we're just reiterating that we've been trying to get across this morning. No one has more potential to influence a child's relationship with God than a parent. Nobody. I know, we, we, just, we just talked about the facts. Oh, we sometimes think that it's somebody else. Maybe we want to believe that it's their youth minister. We want to believe that it's, it's grow zone. No one has more influence in a child's relationship with God than its parents. 
Now check out this truth. No one has more potential to influence the parent than the church. That's where we come in. Oh, we want to help parents. We want to equip parents to be able to influence and reach into the lives of their own kids. The church's potential to influence a child dramatically increases when it partners with a parent. See, when we partner alongside of you, we are more effective as a church. And the same is true for parents. When parents, a, the parent's potential to influence a child dramatically increases when that parent partners with a church. You see, it's all about this relationship. Parents and churches working alongside each other to help raise up healthy kids who love Jesus. As we talk about truth, one of the best places that we can go for truth is the Bible. And the book of Proverbs is just filled full of these great nuggets of truth that are very straightforward and full of wisdom. And so I want to share with you Proverbs 22.6. It simply says this. It says, start your children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. This verse is all about foundation. If you were with us in week one, we talked about at the beginning of this series this idea of building your home, building your family, building your house on this solid rock, this strong foundation. And that's what this verse is saying. Start your children off from the very beginning on how they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Start your children off on the right path, and when they grow old, they will not turn away from it. In my 18 years of working with teens and families, one of the hardest things to deal with is the fact that sometimes good kids who are brought up in great families, who are taught about Jesus, sometimes steer off the path. Sometimes they find themselves in the trouble. Sometimes they go off to college and they don't live the way that you want them to live. Here's something that I've noticed over time. And it's not true for everyone, and so we can't make these general sweeping statements. But more often than not, kids who struggle, when they find themselves 23, 24 years old, and they're getting a job, and they're maybe getting married, maybe it's when they're having kids, I see them come back. I see them come back and, and they ask me to do their wedding or they, they talk to me about getting back involved in church because they're now about to have a baby. And, and I believe that the reason that they find their way back, I believe the reason that their compass points them back home is because they have this foundation that was set for them from the very beginning. And even though they may veer from the left or to the right, and even though they may find themselves lost at a certain point in time, they find their way back home because their foundation was set from the very beginning. And they know truth. Today I want to get really practical for you at home. I want to leave you with these ideas that I think will help you no matter what your home situation looks like. First thing that I want you to understand is that as parents we have to be united. Whoever's having influence over your kids and your home, whether it's grandparents or whether it's mom or dad or whether you're single and you're raising your kids alone, uh, but you're, there's a dad or a mom that's involved that's outside the home, being united is so important. Being united on one philosophy, being united on one purpose, being united on one idea that, you know what, this is how we're going to raise our son, this is how we're going to raise our daughter, this is what's going to be important. These are our values. So often we think about this in the context of divorce. 
mom lets them do this and dad lets them do that and, and you've got these dueling ideas. Uh, but this doesn't exist just in the idea of divorce. It's so important even when you're living under the same roof that two people who are investing in a child would be united on one purpose and one idea in raising this. And as adults, that means sometimes we just got to get into a room and we got to figure it out. We got to talk about what's going to be best in the life of this kid. And sometimes it means doing hard things as adults and letting go of things and, and, and holding on to things for the sake of a child. We need to be united. Second thing we need to do is that we need to model it. For me, uh, in my role as a husband and a father, I know that it is so important that I live out the values that I want to see lived out in my kids. It is not enough for me just to say it. I've got to do it. Now, to be honest with you, I would much rather live off of the do what I say and not what I do philosophy. You know what I mean? That, that would, I'd love that to be my motto. Uh, but we both know, we all know, it just doesn't work. I can't say one thing and do another and expect that my kids are going to understand the difference. There's a truth that much more is caught than is taught. You understand what that means? It means just simply by spending time with you, just being around you, your kids are going to catch way more behavior from you than you ever say. They're going to emulate what I do. And so I've got to be on guard. Katie and I have to understand that our kids are going to be following what we do way more than what we say. It doesn't mean that what we say doesn't matter. It does. But we have to understand that they're going to see and repeat far more of what we do than what we say. And so those things have to be in alignment. We've got to model it. The last thing is that we need to surround them. Okay? It takes a village, as they say. If you're raising teenagers, I want you to ask yourself, ask your teen this question. If there was something that was going on in your life and you couldn't come to me as a parent, who would you go to for advice? Now, your kid's going to give you an answer, and if you know that person and that person has the same values as you, that person has the same worldview as you, then that's awesome. You know that that kid's going to get strong, great advice when they go to that person that they trust in their time of need. But if you don't know them, and you don't agree with them, you got some work to do. We need to surround our kids, because we understand that while we are the primary faith influence in our life, we're not the only influence in our kids' lives. We need other people. And that's where Grow Zone and Fusion and White Oak can really come in, because we want to put adults in your kids' lives that are going to model the values that you have at home, right? We want to come alongside and we want to surround your kids with other adults that can love on them and share with them the love of Christ. We need another voice that's going to come in and support what it is that you're saying at home. Look, I know. I'm a dad of four. Parenting is hard and no one is perfect. And remember, we've been talking about this from the beginning. There is nothing that you can do to go back and change what you've done in the past. There's nothing that you can do to go back and fix what you've done before. But what we can do is start to do things today that will, that will affect our kids' futures. Your kids' futures matter. There is so much at stake. It is so important. Right now is the time. And so we have to live differently. We have to make different choices. And we have to know that 
No one has the potential to influence a kid like their parents. No one. You're the number one influence in your child's life. If you're raising children or helping raise the children, if you're a grandparent or an older brother or a sister, an aunt or an uncle, you need to take a significant role in raising up that child to their potential to know who Jesus is and to love them. There's another truth out there. Not only does no one have the potential to influence a child like their parents, a parent is not the only influence a kid needs. And so here at White Oak, we strive to place adults in the lives of children and teens to help influence them to know Jesus. It's a partnership between parents and the church. And when we work together, it can create life-changing results. So as we kind of draw towards the end today, I want you to be thinking and praying about how you can intentionally step into and take control of your kid's faith influence. I want you to be thinking about what it is that you maybe need to start doing. Maybe it's prayer time. Maybe, maybe it's some, some Bible reading that's going to be happening. Maybe it's just modeling it at home. But what is it that you need to start doing? And a tougher question maybe even is this. What is it that you need to stop doing? What's getting in the way? What's blocking you from, from helping you to raise your kid up to know and love Jesus? If you're going to be serving communion today and helping with that, I'm going to invite you to go back to the back right now. And as we do that, I just want to take a moment. I just want to pray. I want to pray for you as you think about what it is that you need to be doing as the primary influence in a child's life. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. And I thank you so much for just the opportunity we have to be here God, my prayer is that we would truly trust you as parents, that that we would get the courage and the strength that we need to be the kind of influence that we need to be in our children's lives. God, I want to thank you so much for what it is that you're doing here at White Oak, and I just pray that we could partner with parents to help them raise up children who know you and love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.